This podcast is part of the Big Heads Media Podcast Network. Go to BigHeadsMedia.com for more great podcasts. Welcome to Magpies Unrestricted. Hello ladies and gents and welcome to Magpies Unrestricted, where we'll be talking all things Newcastle United. I'm your host Chris Simpson and joining me as always is Carothy Sloy. Hello. And we are joining you listeners after Newcastle got back aboard the winning train, 1-0 at home to Wolves. Not the best game I've ever seen. Definitely not the best <laughs> game I've ever seen. But most importantly, back yeah, back back to winning ways for Newcastle, ending that losing run of three defeats. Nice way to bounce back after that 5-1 uh, thrashing yeah, at Tottenham as well. I know a win's a win at the end of the day. I think there was a lot of chances that Newcastle had. And it was nice to see lots of different people being involved in those. Bruno obviously was heavily involved in, in a lot of it. Um, but just skying it over each time. So we can only hope that's something that they're going to improve on in the coming uh, weeks and, and matches. But... At least, you know, people are actually having a pop, which is something that we that Newcastle seemed to struggle with earlier on. Um, maybe that's just a confidence thing. And obviously that's building and the team spirit's building that people are always in a position to be able to have a go rather than no one being in the box, which is something that we did see early on in the season, especially. Yeah, I mean, it it, it wasn't a game with like a ton of goal mouth action. I mean, Wolves set up pretty much as we expected them to, as we spoke about last week, you know, the... So defensively solid that they it, they made it difficult for us to break them down. So um, yeah, we did have the, uh, some chances here and there, which was nice. It, it wasn't uh, wasn't the most exciting game, and they thankfully they didn't offer too much at the other end of the pitch as well. Apart from that one uh, late chance um, for Fabio Silva, where you know Dubravka did actually make that great save. To be fair. Yeah, they, they um, seem to be really lacklustre as well. As as you said at the start, it, it was a pretty dull match. No team really looked like much was going to come from anything. Like There was a couple of moments, but then I don't think any supporters on either end actually had that much faith in uh, the forwards or whoever was on the other end of the ball to put put it away. So there's a real shame for Fraser though, being subbed off after 12 minutes. He's been in such a good form lately, and it's just, just a bit of a bummer really for him and for Newcastle. Yeah, I mean, between that and, and Sam Maxman literally sort of limping off in, um, you know, right at the end, uh, hopefully, you know, those two aren't anything serious. Uh, we'll we'll wait, wait and see on that front. Because, um, yeah, as you say, Ryan Fraser in particular has been so good. I mean, we know how obviously key Sam Maxman can be, but Ryan Fraser's form, as uh, he's definitely been one of our best players for the last uh, few months, so. Yeah, hopefully nothing too uh, too problematic there. Fingers crossed. Um, but yeah, as you were saying, like yeah, while, while there wasn't necessarily like a huge amount of quality going forward, it it was great to see. Bru- well, I mean, Bruno was just sort of everywhere, you know, getting involved in everything, just having that that just extra bit of quality that he sort of adds to the side. And then um, Chris Wood, you know, he, he deserved his goal, actually, in the end. Obviously, we had that one ruled out in the first half. It was a great build-up play as well, that one. It's, it's a shame that it, it got um, disallowed for offside. 
you know, again, one of those marginal ones, but, you know, whatever stuff happens. But, yeah, as you say, at least he got something in the end of it. Yeah, um, that penalty in the second, uh, 72nd minute, um, yeah, d- a deserved one. Uh, nice nice little pass from Joe Winton, actually, as well, on that, on that counter-attack, and Wood just uh, getting taken out by the goalkeeper, basically. You know, he, he didn't get out of the way, but you know, at the end of the day, the goalkeeper came... So now I'm clattered him, really. Yeah, the goalkeeper had lost control at that point. If the goalkeeper had run and, and dived himself in front of it, then Wood would have probably tried to get out of the way. But the fact that it was a sliding tackle, I mean, also, what what forward in the world is going to try and, like, step back and say, oh, no, so I won't have a penalty for that. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, I think goalkeepers get protected quite a lot under the laws of the game. So mm. I think he was quite within his rights to not move. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Um, I, th- I think he played that situation um, perfectly, really. And then, yeah, obviously converts the penalty with a pretty confidently uh, taken one, uh, which, again, is good. So I know it's only a spot kick, and I know it's only his second goal of the season, of course, and it's, um, you know, not like uh, he's got tons and tons of uh, opportunities to, to add to his tally for the remainder of the season. But, you know, if he, if he could finish on the season with five or six, you know, not amazing but that would, uh, I think that would definitely set him up in good stead for next season. Yeah, you have to remember, obviously, he did change clubs in January from a club that isn't getting anywhere to another club that, let's be honest, wasn't getting anywhere. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then it took a while to get into this squad that's had seen a fair number of changes um, in a very short period of time, not just with new personnel coming in, but I'm assuming a, a new training staff came in with the new manager and all of those players then trying to slot into a new style of gameplay. Obviously, just a lot of turmoil. It's going to take time for that type of form. You can't just immediately have amazing form. So I, th- I think they've all done really well. And as I say, yeah, as you said, sorry, yeah, I think it's going to be good for next season. It bodes well, doesn't it, for, for Wood being at least capable of being involved in that type of thing especially the set pieces which seems to be something that Newcastle have actually always been pretty good at mm. they've just um, as I say w- w- when Newcastle was struggling never really had that many opportunities in the opposition half really to get those yeah. set pieces but, so it's nice to actually see them more and more often now um, never, obviously on top of actually being able to score a goal in open play <laughs> yeah and just being in the opponent's penalty area, so you've actually got a chance of getting penalties. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And more than one person. We just we hardly ever got any penalties under Steve Bruce, and um, I mean, I think there might, there might have been, uh, you know, maybe uh, one or two decisions that, that went against as well, but they definitely were. But for the most part, we just weren't putting ourselves in the opposition penalty area. And if you're never in the if you're never in the box, then you, yeah, you're never going to earn yeah. any penalties. I mean, look, I mean. You know, Man United and everyone knows the way they've benefited from refereeing decisions over the years. But at the end of the day, teams like that do also just naturally get a lot more penalties because they spend so much more time in the opponent's penalty area compared with a Steve Bruce's Newcastle. Or not only that, but for a long yeah. time there was only Sad Maximum who actually was willing to run at players, um, yeah. and that's obviously where you're going to get a free kick from. Obviously. There are other ways to do that, but having a player running forward into the opposition team is always going to create more chances yeah. for a, for a uh, free kick. 
now obviously Almiron is picked up a little bit and he wasn't playing very well and then he was was he injured as well at the start of the season I feel like he's not really been a big part of Newcastle yeah. this season yeah you know what I can't remember in terms of injuries but you're right he hasn't necessarily um, played a huge part like you said obviously been struggling certainly for for form here and there yeah. if, if not fitness as well well Bruno and Willock have started obviously to pick up now and are more ball carrying players so yeah you know it's getting there it's getting there but um, yeah just speaking about uh, Sam Maximan actually um, so there's not a lot of news really this week to go through listeners but one thing that we've seen a lot of recently in the media are various reports about Sam Maximan being sold this summer for big money I think like 50 million is the price tag I've seen being floated around. And we don't normally talk transfer rumours too much um, because, uh, you know, a lot of the time I feel like you, you're probably just wasting your breath and you, you're better off just say talking about something when it's confirmed. But th- there has been a lot of talk recently about San Maximan and I find it all a bit strange, to be honest. I mean, look, I, I think, I mean, as we both discussed in recent weeks, you know, he, he's not been at his best recently. Um, and it and it can sometimes be frustrating, you know, when he's trying to do it all himself and maybe isn't missing passing. Yeah, um, and I mean, even in 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 the Wolves game, there was a, a moment where a move broke down when he did try and pass it to um, to a teammate and just got the pass so completely wrong that he basically just kicked it out of play. Which you know, again, there, there are some frustrating moments, um, but I, I think at, at the same time, like for the last few years he's absolutely been and remains comfortably one of our best players in the team he's certainly the most exciting and honestly you know there aren't many players in the entire league I think that really you get that electric feeling when they get on the ball Mm. in the same way Sam Maximan does obviously there are some other really you know exciting players in the league but he's absolutely up there um for me yeah he he could certainly be a bit more productive with, with the goals and assists but yeah, why we we would choose to sell him is is beyond me, to be honest. It's not normally a choice, obviously. I, I don't know what the fine details are of his contract, but if someone comes in with stupid money, I could potentially see Newcastle doing that, not out of any need for the money, but, you know, if someone's generating some form of interest in the club, I, I, I don't think he will leave personally. Um. I'm pretty certain he's got quite a while left in his contract or Newcastle will give him a new contract at some point. He is very injury prone for a new club, but also he's now in a club that is building up to something new with a new whole new ownership, yeah. whole new purpose. I feel for him to leave at this point when he's played like this previously would be counterproductive. So I don't really think there's anything you need to worry about, to be honest. Yeah, and as you say, uh, in, in regards like the need to sell him, I think that's the, a key thing as well that you've picked up on there because under Mike Ashley, that was essentially his end game with every player that came to the club. His idea was, and that's why we almost never bought anyone under the age of, sorry, over the age of about 28, because for him it was all about buy them young, have them for two, three years, hopefully they, they improve and they impress, and then he can sell them on for big money. Um, and if we were lucky, some of that money would get funneled back into the team. If we were lucky, <laughs> but that that was always like the sort of the model that Ashley operated under. Now, obviously, with the new ownership and the new money in the club, 
it's not like we're going to need to sell our best players to raise those funds anymore. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I think it would be a bit of a, a strange... I mean, obviously, if, yeah, if someone came in and offered us, like, as you said, really sort of crazy money, then, you know, but I mean, I, I don't want to see him go. And I, I don't think he will, but it just seems weird that there's just all these reports at the moment. I mean, Eddie Howe has literally addressed them and said that he's not going anywhere, and yet still we seem to persist, which, as it seems a bit strange to me when we're on the cusp of, exactly as you said, like building something new, he's going to be a key part of that. He's one of the few sort of players who was here at the start of the takeover where you definitely be confident of like, now they can still play a key role in this team going forward for, for years to come. You know, they're not, he's not going to get turfed out because he's not been good enough or because he's a sort of bit part squad player who, you know, needs freshening up or anything. So, yeah, just a bit of a strange one that I thought, while there wasn't much other news to uh, to go through, um, that I thought we'd maybe just, uh, you know, have a few minutes on that. But very strange. Um, but, yeah, I, I think, well, you heard it there, listeners. I don't think either of us really think he's, he's going to be on the move this summer. Uh, I certainly hope he's not because... Um, as I say, he's been certainly one of my favourite players in the team for some time now. Um, it will be interesting to see what happens over summer, though, because my assumption is Newcastle are kind of going to go a bit all out, try and replace a lot of the defence. Um, I think that's probably the one that's going to get the most seen to, to be honest. Um, another striker is needed. Yeah. Another midfielder, because when there's injuries... A struggle to be filled with with someone of a similar quality. Yeah, it's. I think yeah, they're definitely some of the key key areas. I think you've highlighted there for this summer. Um, yeah, only all of the positions, but <laughs> goalkeeper. So you know, like it's all good. <laughs> no, but mainly, I think definitely, yeah, d- um, defense and striker, because. Um, as you'll know, listeners, I absolutely love Callum Wilson, but the man is very injury prone. Joelinton is clearly not a striker. He's and as yeah, I mean, he's literally been so good in midfield that why why try and move him anywhere else anyway? You know, it's to see if you can get some low knees in midfield. You know, maybe not necessarily the space that Newcastle are more desperate for, but as we've seen with Willock having an individual and loan is can be quite impactful. Mm. They're always going to be playing with a with a view to impress. And if they are good, there's always the potential to buy them later. Obviously, I know that's not always written in a contract, but because the club and the team and the city actually always seem to be behind them, which was a factor for Willick staying um, or, or wanting yeah. to sign, it, it, it's, it's a nice opportunity. You can always develop some young, young talent there because I, I think, there's something lacking in, in Newcastle's youth team at the moment, um, which needs to be addressed. So this, if, if nothing else, is a way to help with that. Yeah, yeah, that that would be interesting to see because I mean I think now that we've got Bruno in and now that Jordan has sort of reinvented himself, we are definitely looking stronger in midfield than we were, um, you know, a few months ago. But I mean, yeah, let's face it. As I said, although we've highlighted the defence and the strikers, the two main main areas. Let's face it, this team, you know, you can go through and, and kind of put quality in pretty much all over the pitch. Um, there's a lot of room to improve there. And and as we've discussed in recent weeks as well, like as you mentioned the other week, getting that depth in as well, um, which is something that 
yeah, will help us cope with those injuries when we actually have a bit more of a like-for-like -like replacement in terms of quality. So um, that is something that we hope to see. Um, but in the meantime, we do have to finish the rest of the season. Mm -hmm. And that starts with the Chris and Cara Derby, a.k.a. Newcastle versus Leicester this Sunday. And I'll be honest, I mean, I'm more optimistic after we beat Wolves, but just reminding myself of just how bad our record against you is. I know, but I, I mean, Leicester <laughs> will have come into her game after his second leg against PSV in the Europa Conference. Um, we're going to have to play all of our players there because it was a nil-nil draw in the first leg. We're going to be knackered. And I'm not going to lie, I don't think Newcastle are as important as PSV um, well, for, no, Leicester's, for Leicester's current um, season. That's the biggest yeah. game of your season now. Yeah. Obviously, then, if you progress, then the next game will be the biggest. <laughs> but no, absolutely, because that, A, I mean, you could win a European trophy, and I know it's the Conference League. Well, does that mean that we're in the Champions League if we win? No, but you'll be, you'll be in the Europa League next season. <laughs> no one cares. <laughs> Honestly, no one cares. But you know the the chance. E e even even if this, um, I mean, uh, you know, we're here in England. We like to sort of turn up our our noses at, at the Europa Conference League, and it, in some ways, it is a bit of a joke. But at the, on the other hand, you look at the teams that are so now that we're teams, the, now that we're at the quarterfinal stage. You look at some of the, the the some of the quality of the teams that's in there, like Leicester, like Roma, like PSV, even. The, the, there's some decent European teams in there. It annoys me and winning that every match, though, has to have two legs. I get it. But also, <laughs> I mean, <we> not? <laughs> I, you know, I I think that's just the way it is with European football. Obviously, it would be the same in the Champions League. I think the difference is with the Europa League and Conference is you have that extra, that extra round of 32 knockout, those extra two legs, which I think are pointless. I think just have round of 16, two legs... Boom, you're done. You're going to have some iconic European nights. I think having that extra knockout round just kind of adds to a bit of the bloat, which I think is um, annoying. But, you know, we're going to have a Super League soon anyway, so none of this matters. But, well, yeah, oh, yeah. You say that, you're going to be in it. So I don't know <laughs> what you're about. <laughs> but, you know, um, yeah, you could win a European trophy this season. Um, so you've absolutely, you're going to be going hell for leather in that game. And from a selfish Newcastle point of view, um, I hope it does tie you. I hope you go through, but I hope you're knackered for that Sunday match, which won't really matter to you because you're going to finish top half uh, almost certainly. Even if you don't, you're certainly not going to be anywhere near the relegation conversation. I know, obviously. But, yeah, but we deserve. The only thing that really matters for you is this conference league. Yeah. So, you know, we've been inconsistent though, and I don't really have much faith in Leicester because, if, again, if Newcastle run it as I think that's as done for. Um, which they obviously will do. One shining light is the fact that it is actually at St James's Park, and Leicester <laughs> seem to thrive when they're the underdog and there's people shouting against them. So, you know, um, and that isn't just me pulling fluff out of my backside. That that is actually a stat on our last six yep. visits to St James's Park. We have won each of them. Um, yeah, which is, <laughs> I, I mean, I've done wrong. Obviously, we. As we've discussed before in the podcast, we have a rubbish record against Leicester. Um, in fact, as a, since you got promoted in 2014, we've only beaten you four times, which obviously is pretty abysmal. But yeah, weirdly, three of those wins actually have been at the King Power. And so, yeah, you just constantly just win at St. James's Park. We never draw. Um, 
So that's that's quite worrying. Um, and obviously, yeah, you beat us 4-0 at the King Power when we met you earlier in the season. Obviously, we weren't in the kind of form we've been in uh, lately. But yeah, I think between the, the Conference League, um, your sort of inconsistency, and obviously you're certainly vulnerable at the back with, with the set pieces and stuff. Oh, um, yeah, <laughs> so there are some silver linings for Newcastle, and there's there's something for us to exploit there. We should be fresher. I certainly hope um, <laughs> hope we're able to do something because um, the, the badger thing for you is we always have been good at going forward. The consistency yeah. of all Brighton's crosses that is if he's playing, obviously because he might be knackered against PSV. Because I have a feeling he'll be starting there. Um, but we have. I know we don't have Vardy, but. Madison's been picking up a little bit. Barnes, especially now, he's come back from injury. Drewsby Hall has shown that he is a, a dangerous player. I mean, what a performance he put in over the weekend. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, obviously, Ian Nacho has scored a lot this season, much more than I think any Foxes fan would have honestly thought was possible for him um, from the previous couple of seasons because I think lots of people have heavily criticised his involvement in the in the Leicester squad, quite rightly as well when he initially came in. Um, but also Patson Dacca. Yeah. He is effectively a Vardy clone. <laughs> and the pace of that man, in fact the pace of most of our midfield and forwards against Newcastle's quite traditional defence and midfield at times could be telling because I mean, Ian Acho is probably the slowest player there. Yeah, <laughs> I, I have a feeling that whatever happens in this game next Sunday, and obviously we'll be able to watch it on the telly, which will be uh, which will be nice um, for one of us. <laughs> well, yeah, um, I have a feeling it's going to be a pretty decent game. I think there's going to be goals. I think it's going to be quite exciting. Well, I mean, even in the nil nil draw uh, that, uh, over the week, it, that was the best draw I've ever watched. It was constantly back and forth between Leicester and PSV. And I feel that Newcastle, their fitness is properly picked up. It's going to be whether or not they can keep that consistency. I feel the goals are going to be at the end, the latter quarter. Yeah. Um, I also think it's going to be 2-1. To who, I don't know. (laughs) But I think it's going to be 2-1, probably because we're going to be shit at the back. Um, I'll do an amazing through ball at some point. Uh, And that's going to be true for both sides. Um. One side's going to be shit and let something in because they'll lose focus and the other team will have a wonderful team play and that'll score. I don't think it's going to be a draw. 2-1. <laughs> well, it should make for a good game and it should make for a good pod next week as we dissect whatever has happened. How and... shocking one of the teams, one of <laughs> yeah. our teams that we support. As well as will be very depressed. And... <laughs> but yeah, so um, check on back with us for that one next week, listeners. Um in the meantime, if you could please give the podcast a like and subscribe and a positive review, that'd be that'd be absolutely amazing. And um, yeah, until next time, we have been Magpies and Restricted. I've been your host, Chris Simpson. Thanks, Cara. No problem. And thank you, listeners. Bye. Bye. This podcast is part of the Big Heads Media Podcast Network. Go to bigheadsmedia.com for more great podcasts.